From the darkest reaches of space to the deepest corners of your mind. Your mind. Welcome to From the Void. Fall is upon us. The leaves are changing, college football is on TVs everywhere, and you can get as much pumpkin spice as your little heart desires. And right in the midst of all of those wonderful things is my personal favorite holiday, Halloween. They say Halloween night is where the veil between the world of the living and the world of the dead is at its thinnest. Maybe some of you have even had encounters with the paranormal that you can't quite explain. Our guest this week has spent a career running into the very houses that most people would run from screaming. You know him from the original TV show Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International on the Sci-Fi Channel and Ghost Nation on the Travel Channel. And you'll see him on the brand new season of Ghost Hunters coming this fall on Discovery+. Plus. Welcome to this week's episode, The Ghost Hunter, on From the Void. Right. I'm very excited to to welcome uh, this week's guest on Dustin. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me tonight. It's my pleasure, John. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I've been a big fan for a while. Um, I followed your your career obviously with uh, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and Ghost Hunters again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've you've helped out again recently, and uh, you know anybody who's been a fan uh, following the news, uh, it's it's changing yet again. So. Um, but you know, <laughs> I'm always a phone this call is... away. The guys know uh, we always have a good relationship, <laughs> and uh, I'm a boy that likes to work. It's hard for me to get away for good because I, I work in healthcare and I, I got a nice day job that I've been at for a long time. Actually, even when I was on Ghost Hunters International, I would take leaves of absence just to go film. Um, but oh, um, wow, yeah, which was crazy, just nonstop work. But I, I like <laughs> what I do all around, so. But uh, yeah, you know, so I, no promises, but uh, there's always a good chance, man, that things might shake out, you know. That's that's awesome, man. That's so good to hear. Um, one of the things, and this is something I, I would love to talk about too, is uh, one of the things I always appreciated about about you as a you know as an investigator and and just ghost hunters in, in general. Uh, you know, I guess I guess you can call them kind of the OG. They were one of the first programs to come on and yes. uh, and really do this ghost investigation thing. But the thing I've always liked about them uh, and, and your approach uh, in particular is you guys aren't so quick to leap to oh my gosh it's a it's a demon you know or 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 something uh paranormal you you do a lot of work to try to find you know an ordinary everyday reason for for what's happening and then when nothing else is left you know when you've kind of uh exhausted all options then you know you guys say okay maybe this is something paranormal so uh, Talk about that a little bit. What sure. you know? What kind of uh, approach do you guys take, and what kind of uh, things do you do to kind of determine if this is legit activity or not? Yeah, and I appreciate that, man, because I, I kind of feel like we do a disservice to um, to the community when we come out, and you know, and not us in particular, but when people come out and say, 
this is a demon, that's a demon, there's a portal, here's a vortex. It's like, slow down with some of that. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying these things don't exist, but it's not nearly as common as, you know, it's made out to be uh, by Hollywood and, and different, you know, shows and those things. And listen, like, I, I never bag on anybody. Like, it's entertainment. If that's what you like to do for entertainment, then that's fine. If that's what you like to watch for entertainment, that's great, too. There's room for everybody. Um, but I kind of feel like I, I really was fortunate to fall in with the Ghost Hunters group um, because we all kind of were of the similar mindset in that let's try to disprove things before we jump to saying it's it's spiritual or paranormal or something. And, and for me, spirituality has been a big part of it. And I always kind of feel like, okay, let's go through and look for things. You know, and everyone's like, oh, you have a scientific approach. It's like, appreciate it, but slow the hell down. None of us are scientists. <laughs> like, we use right. a gadget that lights up. It's like, you're a scientist. It's like, I don't even know most of the elements on the table outside of oxygen and water. Um, but <laughs> say, see, I don't even know that because water by itself is an element. You need the hydrogen and the oxygen. Anyway, this isn't a chem lab experiment, but the point of the dang thing is that um, we just try to find things that are could be a normal excuse. And then when you find that it's not normal, then okay, now it's paranormal. Then we can take it from there. But even once you get into the spiritual realm of things, I've always felt things are mostly positive than negative. But just like in our society, we focus on the negative. We hype it up. We advertise the negative. And so everybody wants a demon. Everybody wants that bad boy, John. I don't know why, but that's what they want, man. <laughs> so it's definitely entertaining, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. I can so change him, Daddy. I can make him good. Things I <laughs> never right. want to hear my daughter say. She's 14 now and started dating. I'm like, please, no. Oh my gosh, I, I'm also the father of a of a girl, a young girl. Uh, she's she's almost eight, so I still have a you little got some time. You I got some time. That. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Enjoy <laughs> it, man. Enjoy every damn second of it. I did, and it still felt like it went too fast. But uh, yeah, Ugh, indeed, it's, it's awesome. great. It's the best reward of life for sure for me. Oh, abs- absolutely, man. We could we could do record a whole podcast on how <laughs> awesome it is to be a a girl dad, but. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, your, your background. How, how did you become interested in the paranormal? And then ultimately, how did you uh, get into the field and, and ultimately hook up with the ghost hunters? So this started for me when I was a kid. My first, you know, my origin story was seeing what we would now classify as a shadow figure. I was just around nine years old, give or take a year. And uh, the house that we lived in, my bedroom was out in the back. Um, There's a hallway that connected down to the living room. Family's up, lights are on, hallway lights on. And I'm laying in bed and I get this weird kind of feeling and I look over in the doorway and the door's open and here's this six foot tall shadow figure, you know, and for anybody who hasn't seen her, they're not familiar with them, uh, human type shape, usually six feet tall or two and a half, three feet tall. If you ever, I always use the analogy, if you've ever been to a gas station on a hot day and you see those vapors coming up over the tanks, that's what it looks like. It's a little bit darker, a little gray, but in the perfect shape of a person, but not a solid object, no discerning features. And I just covered my head and said my prayers and I never wanted to see this thing again. I was terrified. And uh, I grew up, I loved Halloween. I love ghost stories, all that stuff. But now seeing something, I'm like, what the heck is this? I want nothing to do with this. And I never did see it. The rest of the time we lived there, we lived there until I was like 17, 18. Um, but it put that seed in my head. Like, what is this? Why is it there? And then once I was able to go out like 16, 17, started going out to places and listen, due diligence, don't go to abandoned buildings. Don't break into places. That's not the way to go investigating. But when I was a young kid, it was off in the woods, old abandoned buildings. Like that's how I started. Um, but a lot of them are very unsafe. So you have to be careful, you know, but, um, and I just took off from there. I would do it by myself. You know, I would go out to uh, these places. I would get out of work. People would show up. I was uh, working in an ambulance company at the time. People would show up and, you know, I was the ghost guy. 
I didn't know them. They didn't know me, but we would go and explore places, you know. And I think mostly we probably just scared ourselves more than anything else. I had no idea there were actually groups of people that did this. I just thought I was weird and some people liked that. So it was fun. Um, and one night, like, I'm the original fanboy. Like, I'm watching Ghost Hunters. I'm like, what is this magic? Like, they're invited in people's houses. Like, I get chased out of places. I have to, like, elude police. Again, don't do these things. And um, I told him, like, listen, you know, I've worked for CBS and Fox News for years locally. I know how to run all your equipment. You guys take trash care of your equipment. Like, I can help out with that. And um, I've been investigating on my own, you know, and I was interested. So um, they brought me in and uh, they said I could be on the team, but I couldn't be a part of the show, which was fine because I was, I was working by day in oral surgery and by night at an ambulance company. So I was pretty well taxed. Um, but a couple of months in, they're like, hey, we're filming in Rhode Island. Let's try you out, you know, come out and do a case. It's like, awesome. That'd be great, you know, because I've just been doing home cases. And uh, it just took off from there. But I can never commit full time because I always felt like the day job was steady. It provided health care. It provided a home life, you know. And uh, so that was my path. And, um, you know, the rest of the guys and ladies, God bless them. They don't have to work a day job anymore. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. You know, we, we do what's right for us. So. I like to joke, I kind of feel like I'm the fifth Beatles sometimes, you know, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> well, I love it though, because, you know, uh, they don't, you're, you're family at this point, you know, they, they bring in every once in a while yeah. and, and, and you're not, you're not a, a, you know, you're not, you're not like Pete Best, you know, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> right. the, the original drummer for the Beatles yeah. where they just moved on, you know, yeah. I can still sit in with you the make band. Appearance. Yeah, I can still sit That's in with right. the band. We can still jam. <laughs> they know they can trust me to, to keep the beat. We can have a good time. Yeah. And, uh, and it's been great. Like, you know, and, and I've had a lot of opportunities. I get to do Ghost Nation uh, last year and um, I've got to do Destination Truth. So I've got to work with different groups and different people over the years. So um, and the trust that is extended by by the different groups, even like doing the local events and things and traveling and doing events, the fact that somebody will trust you to go into their building or, or you know, because that's their reputation. And so you can take that and do with it whatever you want. And um, for me, it's I've always looked at it as a great deal uh, of, of an honor and um, for them to show you that much trust and appreciation to let you come in and hold an event or run an investigation at, at, uh, at their business, at their home, whatever it may be. Um, so I take that's not something I take very lightly. It's something I really pride myself on on doing all these years, both on and off camera. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So tell me about, um, like you said, you you just mentioned a little bit of your resume there. So Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, Ghost Nation last year. Uh, so tell me about it, you know, and even in your your um, you know the non televised uh, cases that you've done. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about some of your the most interesting cases, the ones that really kind of stick out to you. So. With the international show, um, really had such a great opportunity. I think it was like 27 countries in the two years I was with them. And it was breakneck speed, man, like just crazy six to sometimes eight, nine weeks on the road. And you get one day off a week and then you're traveling and you're filming and you're filming and you're filming. And uh, But what a wonderful blessing and what great opportunities to see all these things, you know. So you're tired and you've been on the road forever, but you're, you know, four hours from Venice and it's your day off. So you go to Venice, you know, it's great. As far as cases overseas, um, my favorite case overall that I've ever done is going to be at the uh, Clark Air Force uh, Base over in the Philippines. And that was a place that was an outpost uh, during World War II for our American soldiers, uh, Vietnam rather. And um, it was an amazing um, place because it's the only one I've ever gone to where, you know, you go on an investigation or perhaps you've watched shows where people's going on an investigation and they give you that uh, that laundry list of all the items that happen. You know, we get a lady in white. We've got footsteps. At 12 o'clock, this thing stops. Like, all this kind of thing. 
and 99% of the time, nothing happens, you know, or maybe you get one yeah. little thing, but it wasn't even what they described. And it's hard. Um, the Clark Air Base was the only place in all my years of, of investigating on and off television that everything that they mentioned that was going to happen happened in the two nights we were there. And it was just amazing. And to present that to the client, who was a very proud man who kind of fell out with the society there because they said he was a drunk. They said he was crazy because of his reports. He was an old security guard there. Um, and for us to sit there and play him the EVPs and show him the, the footage, he just sat there and cried. He finally had that, that little bit of vindication, wow. you know, and it was so, such a great moment. It really meant a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need anyone to prove to me or any case to prove to me that the spirit world and the other side's real. Like I've, I've witnessed it for myself and a lot of it is faith even before that, but I, I've witnessed so much that I could never go back now to thinking it's not there. Um, but to bring somebody else that understanding that they're not crazy, that, yeah, this is going on, you know, and to give them understanding about what it is and, and what type of entities were there, what type of energy, and that it wasn't a bad thing in any way. That was really cool. Um, and stateside, uh, one of my favorite places is going to be that we did for television, at least was the St. Augustine lighthouse, um, which we had an yeah, apparition yeah. of a woman up top. That was the first time since seeing that shadow figure that I had seen an apparition. And I was just like, I've been looking for this for years. And I remember just being <laughs> frozen on that spiral staircase, the battery dying in the handy cam on the IR <laughs> and just staring at this woman and thinking, what the heck do I do now? You know, it's, it's like that scene from <laughs> Ghostbusters. It's like, get her. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Right. You know, I'm just watching this thing. It's so cool. Um, so that'll always have a very special place in my heart, you know, for, for nostalgia reasons. Um, but I've done some great cases just here in New England, you know, and I work with my friend Cody, uh, Cody Ray Desbians. He's been on Ghost Nation uh, a couple of times too. And um, we've done some cases locally and we did one uh, in neighboring Massachusetts that, is still has had stuff happen there. Just the, the, the lots of knocks and response, like the old school, like rapping method, but like to the point where you hear footsteps walk up and walk around you and respond to direction. And I started looking through the house thinking this is going to be fake somehow. Cause I've never experienced this. I don't know how to explain how it's reacting the way it is. And, um, had the homeowners leave, like check the house for like wires, bugs, like did everything we could to try to figure it out. And it was just one of those things. It's just an amazing case that we were able to return to several times and further document um, and to give the people understanding about why we think some of these things were happening. And those are the moments where it's like, this is really, and you know what really sucks though um, is going back to the day job the next day. And like, you're just <laughs> pressing buttons. And I'm thinking people are fighting over like insurance co-payments and x-rays. And I'm like, there is right. so much more to life than what we are living. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, I hate to even use the term, like people don't believe, but I like, people aren't even aware that it's a possibility, I think. We're so blinded by all the technology and plastic and crap and bills and things that we don't even start to, to think about it. You know, I, I tell people in all my lectures, like, we are spirits going through this human experience. And like, while we're here, we should be helping each other, lifting each other up, learning, asking loftier questions and being more thoughtful of, of the spirit inside us. Instead, we just like fight over parking spaces, flip each other off in traffic and like fight yes. over like nothing, you know? Oh, man. You, now, now you're preaching to my other podcast that I've been doing the last five years <laughs> uh, on spirituality. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It, it's, it's, it's amazing how much you notice when you stop to slow down for a second. For you know? sure. This life is busy. This life is noisy. And we don't, you know, like a couple of years ago, I, now everyone's like, oh, disclosure, aliens, this, that, and the other. And I love aliens. I'm a huge fan. 
Um, I'm yeah, not like same. one of those like you know <laughs> people that are like snobbish. Like, oh no, I'm only into spirits. I'm only into Bigfoot. I love all the weird stuff. Like, give me more of it. <laughs> same. You know. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it like intersects and stuff too. But like, I remember like 2019. I remember doing a lecture series. And I was talking about aliens, and I remember seeing there was an article, and they were saying that, you know, aliens are not visiting us anymore. UFO uh, sightings are, you know, at a, at, a, at a low. Things are going down. I was like, well, yeah, no one looks up anymore. Everyone just walks around staring <laughs> right. at their phone all the time. So, like, our, you know, our ancestors, like, not even ancient, like, two generations removed, my grandparents would sit outside at night and stare at the sky, look around, talk to each other, sit in silence, now it's like I need yeah. my phone while I watch TV while I'm playing a game while I'm live tweeting. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Right. No, it's funny that you say that because UFO sightings in the last year have actually skyrocketed and they right. think it's attributed to the fact that people were stuck in quarantine and actually looking at the skies and, yeah. and you know, taking exactly. time to be observant. <laughs> right. Because we're, we're, everyone gets zoomed out. Everyone's like, okay, I'm tired of Zoom lectures. I'm tired of everything being virtual. I'm just going to go outside even if I can't go with other people. And I, I think you're right. absolutely right. All of a sudden we're looking back up at things and now it's like, oh yeah, now now we're like forcing the government to tell us stuff. Of course, whatever they right. tell us, true or not, who the hell knows? But at least there's a conversation right. now, you know? Yeah. And it, and it seems to have gotten to a place now where it's not such a fringy type topic. Like you can, you can talk about it without people looking at you like you're the crazy tinfoil hat person. Exactly, like there's yeah. some super credible people coming out and, mm-hmm. and, and saying like, Hey, this, this phenomenon is real. We're not saying it's aliens yet, but we're definitely saying UFOs are legit. They're out right. there. There's physical, you know, it's, it's a bizarre time we live in, man. I'm, it is I'm, <laughs> for, for all the wrong and right reasons combined. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> so y- you did touch on this a second ago, and this is one of the things I definitely want to ask you about because I'm sure this happens. So, uh, you know, as these ghost hunting shows have become, you know, more and more popular, uh, you know, Discovery Plus right now, which is my current favorite app because I get to binge on all the weird stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's at least half a dozen, you know, if not more paranormal shows that you can probably closer to a dozen actually uh paranormal shows that you can binge watch on there how often in maybe maybe this has happened uh but how often do you guys go out to a case and it's just people who just want to get on tv and they've tried to rig it and trying to fool the, the the ghost hunters into thinking that this place is really haunted like does that happen that happened to me once with the show once with ghost hunters um we started to be a lot more um, stringent in the process of, you know, trying to look into things. Once with Ghost Hunters International, too, they weren't trying to put anything over on us, but it was definitely like really weak evidence from previous investigations. And um, yeah. and it's sad when you travel all the way out to like Malaysia and the <laughs> red energy, quote unquote, that they're videoing is the light from their temperature gun on the wall. I'm like, that's oh, geez. that's not... <laughs> I didn't know what red energy was supposed to be, but I'm like, that's a red light that moves every time the guy moves the temperature gun. Like that's, I know what that is. Um, yeah. You know, and like, and I remember it was raining on the tour for that case and we walk inside this office that wasn't part of the investigation. But as we're in there waiting for the rain to stop so we can go back out and film, there's posters on the table with our logo saying, you know, haunted location as seen on Ghost Hunters International. I'm like, 
We didn't even finish the tour wow. yet. I'm like, they're already selling tickets, you know? <laughs> and I, I'm a huge proponent of history and places staying alive. I think the paranormal has been so good for keeping, especially here in the state, like it states a lot of our, our um, civil war forts and things like that. It stirs up another avenue of, of income, another stream of income to keep these places alive, which I think is great. Like we should learn from our history, you know? And um, so I think it's good for that, but it's bad when places are already advertising that it was the most haunted thing on a show that, <laughs> hasn't been filmed yet you know but uh and you know october is a busy time people get like you know very excited about this stuff and they get really interested so now all of a sudden like the inbox you know fills up with with requests for local investigations um but i i, I use the same litmus test for everybody and it's and it's not just to weed people out i mean it's logical i always ask them you know keep a journal for me for for two weeks three weeks before i can get there tell me when things happen what happens who's there what time of day all that stuff, document it. And usually the people that just want you to come by the house, like they don't bother with that. That's time consuming. Right. I just wanted to meet you or I was hoping you might be filming the show. And sometimes I'll come out and ask like, oh, are you going to come film here? I'm like, no, I'm like I'm not even on the show currently. <laughs> you know, like, that's not how that works. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so there's a little bit of that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. I don't like when people try to fake things. Um, but, you know, if you just want to, you just want to meet, like we could go out and have pizza. Like that's, I'm easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think I remember the case that you, that you're referencing too, uh, uh, here stateside. I, I, if, if I remember correctly, this is a while ago, but, uh, Grant had, uh, I think got on a ladder or something and found like speakers wired yeah. in the ceiling. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, indeed. I just remember how, you know, how pissed you guys were too. And I would be too. It's like, you're, I mean, that's that's got to be something that muddies the water in terms of uh, a field that's trying to gain more and more credibility over time. Right. Yeah. And then you've got that kind of crap happening that does. you have to look yeah. out for. I mean, I, I actually, I was on the first half of that case and I had to fly home for work. So I wasn't there when they discovered that stuff. I remember them calling me like, I think, I don't know if it was Steve or who I was talking to about it, but everybody was so upset. Um, and my thing is like, you know, regardless of the business, whoever it was there, whatever the situation may have been, or in any of these places that do that kind of stuff, um, I always feel like the problem is, and now it's so abundant with, with all the shows and everything, but I kind of feel like you look back historically, I mean, go back to like, even not too far ago, like you go, you go to, um, you go to New York and you talk about the Fox sisters and you talk about, you know, the raps and Nazi yeah. response, which is a, a, an effective way of communicating if you do it in the right way and you ask questions that, you know, make sense. Um, you don't just like people do it with the ghost box. And I, I like some of the apps. Uh, I don't really like a lot of apps, but there's one I like to use one ghost box thing. But like ask questions that make sense. Don't look for like an audible like Rorschach test. Like you just keep talking until something right. happens. Like people do with the flashlight thing a lot too. And listen, different different investigation techniques, different tech, whatever people want. Try it. Use it. Works for you. May not work for others. You may enjoy it. Other people don't like it. Totally cool. Some things aren't my thing. Doesn't have to be your thing either. It's fine. But just be honest about it. Like ask specific questions. Ask repetitive questions. Because I kind of feel like what happens is um, – we get some legitimate things, but the research never goes as far as it can because enough people step up that want to fake things or over sensationalize things to get some notoriety. And then some people get interested from the fringe and like, oh, wait, this isn't real. And then we kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, then all this stuff must be fake. All of this must be nonsense. And honestly, one of the main reasons that I wanted to do the show when I was asked to was because I thought it was a great opportunity to bring spirituality to people. Like non-denominational, don't care, you know, which prophet you believe in or not, God, goddess, whatever. 
just realize that there's more to life than what we're doing here and maybe be more cognizant about how we treat each other in thoughts of our, our spiritual being and our spiritual well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, I got one more question for you. Cause I, I know we also, uh, there, there's a very important topic that we want to cover too. Um, you know, in, in regards to like mental health, which is something that I'm a huge advocate for as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the last question I want to ask you in relation to, uh, you know, to, to ghost hunting and stuff like that is obviously when you started with the show, you know, quite, quite a ways, uh, quite a while ago now, uh, technology has advanced, uh, you know, tenfold uh, since then. And so like one of the things you mentioned, uh, we're using uh, ghost boxes and stuff like that, and probably when Ghost Hunters first came on, it was it was basically camcorders with night vision and maybe an, uh, yeah. you know you know like handheld record audio recorders to catch EVPs and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it, it's hard it's hard for me to get a sense as a viewer like who, first of all who's creating this new technology and is it actually doing what it's intended to do? Uh, what technology do you think currently this newer stuff uh, is really effective and and trustworthy and so kind of how do you feel about the current technology there's um there's a lot of things out there and people keep making more and more stuff um for me if if it's an app that you put on your phone that's not something that i would put a lot of of stock in um yeah some of the ghost box apps um that you can use with you know your your laptop or whatever i've heard some interesting results but again you have to take a very specific line of questioning and ask follow-up questions. I feel like a lot of the tech is gone to, hey, I can add this to that. I can make a temperature sensor in this. I could add this light. I could make, like, let's just stop trying to make everything a wuzzle. Like, do you remember the wuzzles, John? You're old enough, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like two animals yeah, yeah. in one. It was like a cartoon. And like, you know, it was I like I still have one. <laughs> yeah, it's like we combine two animals and we make something else. Like, that's... You're not making anything new if you're just putting a flashlight into it. You know, like make something right. new, do something different. Um, people that I like, and there's a lot of good people out there, but people that I like and, and trust what they put out there, um, like a guy like Gary Galka, who I've seen, you know, he started, like really came into the scene with the Mel meter, but going into the SB7 device and some of the newer things that he's creating, um, I think are really interesting. And I think, again, if you take the right line of questioning with these devices, especially the newer ones where you can kind of slow things down because it's been something that has, I've been thinking about for a long time, back when of my GHI days and kind of recently revisited, um, something that we noticed with the filming that we're doing, it seems that the intelligent spirits move faster than we do in terms of trying to capture them with frame rate and, and film and things. Well, film, digital. But like yeah. shutter speed and everything... <laughs> we seem to notice that they move at a different frame rate. They seem to move in a lot faster. And so um, by using a longer exposure, we're starting to see more of them. And um, lighting is a huge thing too. You know, the different types of lighting, the different types of entities. Um, I really love to mess with, well, I was a production major, so like for television. So I'm really into lighting and I think there's a lot to be said that a lot of people don't do a lot of work with in terms of which type of lights you can use, how to flood the field in the right way where you're not oversaturating it and kind of decreasing your chances of catching things or seeing things. Um, but I think that does carry over to some of the devices that, that Gary's working with where you can slow down the audio a little bit. And then when you do that, you're actually starting to hear more so that maybe their messages, just like we're seeing them too fast, the, the audible messages are coming too fast too. So it's, a, and it's a great lesson for all of us to slow down, you know, like you don't see it on TV because the Lord knows it's not exciting, but like when I worked with KJ a lot on Ghost Hunters and, and Barry, I worked with a lot on GHI, we'd often go in a room and sit down for like 10, 15 minutes and do nothing. 
not even asking yeah. a question. Like you just sit there and absorb what's around you. Get used to the natural sounds. Wait and see what's there, you know? People want to run in. They see only, you know, and it's not their fault either. Maybe it's all you've ever seen is on TV, so you don't know. And you go in, you're like running this hardline interrogation session with something that may or may not be there and doesn't have to answer you anyway. It seems kind of silly that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they don't realize too that that there's hours worth of footage. I mean, you guys are there for a while and what we're seeing is is the condensed product at yeah. the end. You, you know, we're seeing the, the highlight reel. Exactly. You get the highlight reel um, if there is one. You know, there's there's cases we film where nothing happens and it's fine as long as there's a story arc and we can explain why other things were thought to be paranormal. But if nothing happens that we can explain and, you know, there's nothing spiritual, we're just there. I mean, there's stuff that's filmed that is never just aired because who wants to just see us mucking around, you know? So <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I know we're running short on time here, but uh, I, I want to talk about uh, your work with uh, with mental health and, and suicide prevention. And so tell uh, tell folks a little bit about that. Sure. This uh, this came about basically because, um, you know, we, we find different people that we connect with. And um, I remember being on the international show and being overseas and being on something that uh, we used to call MySpace and um, you know, one oh, of the yes. early social media <laughs> channels. And people would write to me about the show. People would write to me with pictures and things, uh, you know, orbs and that kind of stuff. But then it started to become, you know, just like you watch any TV show now, even fictional characters, sometimes we feel like a kinship with, you know, we feel like yeah. that's kind of like us. They might understand us. And so people would write to me about like how they hated their job. People would write to me like looking for love life advice. And then I felt like this weird paranormal Dear Abby, but I was I was happy to answer. <laughs> and so I would write back and forth. Yeah. Um, but then it started to take a more serious tone in terms of not that you know, work and love is not serious, but um, people that were cutting, people that were self-harming, people that mm. felt they were being pushed out of their society. Um, and I, I started to realize that whatever little bit of notoriety I have, although I, I never bought the celeb thing, I was like, if you're coming to me and you need help, if I can help, I'll help because that's what people do. And so I started to just write back and forth to people. And I'm not a trained counselor, um, so I, I often just tell them, like, listen, you know, find a counselor, find somebody you can work with. I'll give you advice. I'll do what I can. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be your magic feather. I, I can't save people. Like, that's not what I do. But I'm here to listen and try to help and give you the right guidance if I can. And um, so that's just become a really big part of, of what I do and, and who I am. And, um, I do, um, fundraising for the American foundation for suicide prevention. Um, we have a, a fundraiser going on in the end of June right now. Um, and I'm almost at like $7,300, I think currently has been raised for them and it all gets donated directly. I just put up a link and make funny little videos and send out autographs and <laughs> do zoom sessions with people. Like just because it's some incentive to, to help raise awareness, um, and every night for, I don't even know, 10 years or so, my last post on Twitter is always the phone number for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, because I really do believe that we're all spirits going through this world and that we should be there for each other. And sometimes we may feel like we're a burden to others. Sometimes we may feel like we don't have anybody to talk to. And it's important to know that there are groups out there like AFSP. Um, you can find their website at AFSP.org. And know that they're out there, that you can, there's a text to chat option, there's a there's a, a chat online, you can call them, whatever you're most comfortable with. 
but there's someone that's there to listen and to try to give you advice and you really can't say enough about counseling and how important it is to talk about what we go through in this life because this human condition is not easy. We, none of us get through it without being a little broken, a little little scarred. Uh, but there's beauty in that too, in that shared misery. I find a lot of beauty in the fact that we're all kind of screwed up together, you know? And I think that yeah. it's nice to know, like you're not alone. You're not alone in whatever you're going through. There's somebody else that's gone through it. And what I try to remind people over and over, I do a lot of motivational lectures, uh, middle school kids on up to, to big corporations. Um, I just try to remind people, you've made it through 100% of whatever bit of misery you've already gone through because you're still here. So whatever you're facing now, it may seem insurmountable. It may seem like there's no way you're going to get through it, around it, or over it. But why would you ever doubt yourself? You've made it through everything else before. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a climb, but you're going to learn and you're going to do better. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. People are like, oh, hang in there. Tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow might be worse. And then what are we setting people up for, you know? But <laughs> right, keep right. your eyes on that horizon. Keep going forward. Reach out for help if you need it. And uh, don't be afraid to talk about what you're going through. If, if you think you're a burden to somebody, you're not. And if you are a burden to somebody, they're not the right people. Find your tribe. Find somebody that will listen to you. But uh, but don't give up on this life because there's a lot for all of us to do here and everybody is equally important and loved. I love it, man. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate your time, man. And uh, I just appreciate the fact that you, you're very clearly a good guy. Um, you know, I've, you. I've, like I said, I followed you on social media and your career for a long time. You're always uh, incredibly positive online and super interactive and, and kind. And um, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a fan uh, from the outside, uh, I, I certainly appreciate that. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, and, and thank you so much. Will do, my friend. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. And if I could just plug one thing, I've got a YouTube yes. series, a motivational YouTube series called Hey, Got a Minute? Um, they're all just like two to three minutes long. They're really easy to, to watch. They're a lot of fun. I dress up in a lot of costumes and outfits and stuff. Um, so go to, go to uh, youtube.com slash Dustin Perry or just uh, search Hey, Got a Minute, uh, Dustin Perry, and you'll see there's over 120, and we're filming 60 more. I'm dressing up like Dolly Parton next week, so that's going to be a good time. <laughs> that's perfect, Dan. Thank you. Uh, that's great. Well, uh, well, we'll have all the links in the show notes for sure, and uh, we'll definitely uh, promote promote your work. And uh, again, appreciate you uh, spending some time with me tonight, and uh, uh, we'll have to have you back on. I, I'm sure there's uh, uh, tons more that we could cover. So It's my pleasure, man. Thank you so much, and thank you for everybody for taking the time to, to listen and be a part of this. Moving is always a pain, especially if you're like me and you own a ton of books. But it can also be exciting, a chance for a fresh start. You can decorate your new space to really make it your own. And it can be especially exciting if you're moving into an apartment that comes with some really nice amenities. A great pool, a nice clubhouse, grills, maybe even free coffee. But what if your new apartment came with an amenity you didn't want? Something dark and invisible to the naked eye. And what if it was something that did not want you there? To cap off this episode, and in the spirit of Halloween, here's a story about a first-hand account of that very thing happening. Addie and her husband moved into a new apartment in early 2008 on the outskirts of San Antonio, Texas, but encountered something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. All right, my name is Addie Harrison. 
this all took place near San Antonio, Texas. And now I'm 28 years old, but the majority of this activity occurred when I was around 15 years old. So me and my now husband were sitting around watching TV. It was the middle of the day. We were just hanging out. And all of a sudden, my dog starts going berserk at the kitchen. So me and my husband look at each other like, what the heck is she barking at? So my husband gets up and he walks over to the kitchen. So I'm staring at him like, what the hell is going on? And uh, all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see like a black figure. And I noticed that we had this angel that was hanging on the door. It was just like a plush angel that was hanging on the door and it was no longer hanging on the door. It was now in the middle of our entertainment center, which was about five feet away. Um, I don't know how it got there. I did not see it get there. I just saw a black shadowy figure in the corner of my eye. So my dog runs over to the entertainment center and now she's barking like crazy. And we watched, we were just staring at the angel because we're all like, how did you get here? (laughs) So the angel went from the center of the entertainment center and we watched it slowly just move and fall right off the side. My dog was freaking out the entire time. Dogs know it was the most ominous feeling I have ever felt in my entire life. Like the entire room just felt absolutely heavy. It was the most scariest thing. I started crying and we left immediately. Like I was so scared. Then, a few months later, I was at a friend's house, and she claimed that she used to be able to speak to ghosts, and I totally believe her 100%, because there was one time we were sitting there watching the news, and she just blurts out something completely random, and she was like, this is about to be said on the news, and I was like, no way, you're crazy, and sure as sugar, she, we're watching it, and it does come on the news. So after that, I was like, oh my goodness, this girl can talk to ghosts. Okay. So we were hanging out and this was around the middle of the night. And again, dog is involved. Dog comes to the door, starts barking like crazy. She's doing my makeup. So I had my eyes closed. She just stops all of a sudden. So I'm like, okay, what are you doing? I open my eyes and she's staring over at my stuff, my backpack and stuff that I brought over to spend the night. And I was just like, what are you doing? She would not respond to me. Her mouth was just wide open, eyes wide open. So I'm looking at my backpack and I see two of my keychains on my backpack just lift up, touch, lift back and drop. Again, I was absolutely terrified. (laughs) I started crying like a little baby. But that was a few months later. But I know there's good spirits out there too. And I'll tell you why. This was about three years ago when I lived at a log cabin. There was a little girl spirit that lived there. And I saw her. There was one night, again, it was about 3.30 in the morning. I woke up to a blood-curdling scream. And it sounded like a child. So I was like, whoa, okay, what is going on? And all of a sudden, my TV turns on and there's white noise. Now, smart TVs don't do white noise. So that kind of was off-putting. The TV turns off. I look to the door and I see a little girl. And it looked like one of those old school photos that are like in sepia where you can like hardly see, but you can see. (laughs) Um, She used to do a lot of pranks around the house. Uh, I used to hang my clothes up 
on the wall and she would go like as if she was pulling out one by one, looking at my shirts, looking at my jeans, looking at my stuff. There was one night me and my husband were in our room, which was a completely separate room in the house. And we just heard a huge bang. And we go out and every single drawer, every single thing in the kitchen was wide open. So she liked to play tricks. <laughs> but I was never scared dealing with her. It was always just a very light feeling. She was she felt playful. Um, in fact, when we moved out, there was wine that busted. And it busted all the way up to the side of the wall. And it was in places that there was no way. If, if a glass broke on the ground, like there was absolutely no way it could have reached up to the ceiling where this wine was at. So I don't think she wanted us to leave. We had fun together. Are ghosts and demons real? Are there places where a person's memory is for some reason locked into an endless loop, walking the same paths they walked in life? Or do some locations have spirits that for some reason haven't quite moved on? In a world inundated with video and photographic content, where teenagers can create videos that put special effects from just 15 years ago to shame, it's nearly impossible to tell fact from fiction anymore. But perhaps buried within the murky waters of supposed evidence, there are some legitimate cases that prove that maybe, for as much as science has progressed, that perhaps we still don't know everything about death and what happens after. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider telling a friend and leaving a five-star review on iTunes. I'll be back next week with a brand new mystery. And until then, thanks for listening to From the Void.